Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. COVID has switched my attention to major league games this year, but players develop at that level as well until they no longer do. If you have questions about Cubs development, Abrazalay, this podcast, or anything else, fire away on the contest line at Tim815 on Twitter or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode. Elzale, welcome to Minor League Mindset, and ask me questions if I was confusing. We spend our time where it is valued, and I don't wish to waste yours. Welcome to the Minor League Mindset. Adver Elzale, when I when game two started, game two was a game one was a very sleepy game with the Cubs down four almost before the game started. And game two was boy, I hope he can get my baseline for Elzale was eleven outs. If he would get eleven outs, that's cool. Anything more than that was absolute gravy. He was wonderful for fifteen outs. Fantastic. Welcome to the minor league mindset. When I'm watching a minor league game, one of the things I try to not worry so much about is did the team win? From a big league mindset, all that matters is winning. You could have played like garbage the entire game, but you get an error in the eighth inning and a couple of wild pitches in the ninth inning, and you win the game, and that's all that matters. In the major leagues, winning is all that matters. In the minor leagues, it's about development. Brad Miller has decided to start being Frankie Frisch all of a sudden. Would you, If Brad Miller was designated for assignment, would you even be interested in the Cubs claiming him? I don't know. That's an open question. The argument could be made either way. He was quite available quite available at some point during the offseason and ended up signing with the Cardinals where he was going to get a chance. And people on the Cardinals site that I frequent were basically, well, I guess we'll play him. Be, you know, he, he's experienced. He's proven he can't hit and he's proven he's really bad defensively at three different positions, but at least he's experienced. So yeah, we'll let him play. He's been the guy this series, and I'm recording this as the seventh inning is going on because sometimes it's more important to get the podcast done. So, Adbert Elzale, this is how things are supposed to work. A, an organization develops, play, brings in players at the lowest level possible, moves them up, develops them, and hopefully, at some point, they get to market. And when they get to market, last year we saw Elzale. He was really good. Then he was mediocre and kind of got beat up a little bit in his second couple outings. But um, this year went back to the minor league complex, worked on some things, came back confidently, and pitched amazingly well. Five innings, one unearned run and loses his chance for a win 
in the sixth inning when Brad Miller looks at strike three and the umpire calls it ball three. Well, that's how, you, that's how it goes. And then, of course, he singled in a run. In Major League Baseball, the mindset is, yay, we won, boo, we lost. When you have a minor league mindset, it's entirely different. Way I figure it, if the Cubs have the better team than the other teams in the division, it'll generally work out. Very rarely do you have a team that's much better and much healthier and, you know, all the, all the boxes are checked and you end up with a season where you're, you know, 76 and 86. That just doesn't really happen very often in baseball. Usually, over the long haul, if everything works out normally, the better team wins. Are the Cubs the better team in the National League Central? Probably. Uh, I don't think they're a great team. You put them up against the Dodgers when the Dodgers are right, or the Braves when the Braves are right, or I, I don't, I, Nationals, I don't know. They would, the Cubs will have a difficult time facing any team's best pitchers. They will. That's how it's going to work. The Cubs are not an elite team. They're an average team, a little bit better than average. And it looks like their division is winnable this year. So that's all good. How it's supposed to work is pitchers, hitters, you develop them. You bring them up. You check them out. Are they ready yet? Eh, this guy's not quite ready yet. Let's send him back down. That's how it works. It's not a case of every single player is supposed to be like Chris Bryant. Every player is supposed to have the immediate impact that Wilson Contreras had. That's not how it works. Usually, you have three or four guys who are veterans, three or four guys who are in between, about four or five guys who are young, and you mix and match, and some guys are really good, some guys aren't, and somebody gets hurt. Okay, well, then we bring up a guy from the minor leagues. You don't sweat it. You don't end up starting your 11th best hitter on your team and saying, oh my God, how is this guy going to hit 150? If you're a good team, you're going to be 12, 13, 14 deep, hitting 12, 14, 16, 18 deep, pitching. That's the way it's supposed to be. If you're not that deep, if you're not that good, then you won't win. So the goal, instead of sweating over, darn it, that umpire missed the call, instead of arguing, sweating over that, by paying attention to minor league games, if yours is the better team, over the long haul, you're generally going to do okay. Doesn't mean you're going to run away with anything, for instance, in the Midwest League. Half the teams make the postseason. Half the teams. In the first half of the year, in the eight-team division, the top two teams make the postseason. So that would be one quarter, the, the, one, 25%, the 25% best teams advance to the playoffs. Then in the second half of the season, the other six teams are fighting for the other two postseason bids. So you can finish in third or fourth place in the second half of the season and still make the playoffs. If you make the playoffs, generally, you probably had a good year. If you didn't make the playoffs, you might have still had a good year. 
but there was probably something that was a little bit wrong. If you have the proper players, the proper development procedures, the proper, if all the box are being, boxes are being checked, then you'll probably be okay. If you don't end up being okay, it's not a case of, oh my God, my team is terrible, or the officials hate us, or Brenneman needs to be fired. Well, he kind of does, but um, I don't know if you heard Brenneman's quip today during the first game of the doubleheader. If you did, I don't know if you want to look it up or not, but oh my. Um, so what you're looking at is you want to have your team develop talent. It's not because I... Talent wins. Talent wins. It's not a case of, oh my goodness, that umpire there hates our team. No, he doesn't. No, no. Umpires are just doing their job and a lot of them are really bad at it. Umpiring baseball is almost impossible. So if you're getting to blaming the umpires or blaming the weather or blaming um, the field conditions or the... No, it's the talent. If your team has the talent, your team should do okay. If your team doesn't have the talent, question how the team can de can develop better talent, and then they'll be better off. Don't worry about the other stuff. Don't worry about the um, getting mad at the things that don't matter. Don't go, don't get mad at the oh my goodness we can't hit with runners on base. If you have a team that's good, you'll find a way to win. If you have a team that loses. Uh, if you have a team that has a lot of holes, you'll probably find a way to lose. Right now, the Cubs are an okay team. And if players like Ebra Elzele and Tyson Miller are decent into the future, Miller's outing in the doubleheader on Monday was actually very positive. He showed up. He got through two innings. I thought he could have started a third inning. They decided, okay, you're done for today. And, uh... Now he'll go back to South Bend, learn some things, and be ready for the next time. I can't accurately enough emphasize how much I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. I've been looking at the numbers, and they've been a whole lot better recently over what they had been a bit before. And it's really nice seeing people, wow, somebody's already listening to the podcast. It's really nice noticing that people are returning showing back up, uh, probably subscribing to it. So as soon as the podcast becomes available, it pops to the top of your list and you decide, hey, I want to listen to Tim's podcast. That's so cool. If you want to help extend the reach of the podcast, two things you can do. One is you can share an episode you particularly dig with one of your Cub fan friends like-minded Cub fan friends, and maybe they'll enjoy it too, and they'll be able to get a kick out of it. Secondly, Anchor has sponsorships, so you can financially assist. Either of, those, either of those would be wonderful. That said, I just completely love that you're digging the show. Okay, so Eber Alzale, this is how it works. Tomorrow, the Cubs are going to have to make a roster move. They're going to have to send someone back down because now they have 29 on the roster. And tomorrow they'll have to go back, well, tomorrow they'll want to go back down to 28. 
even though they don't have a game. But they'll want to go down to 28 because they don't want to pay any more than they absolutely have to. So yeah, they'll trim the roster back down to 28. Somebody has to go down. It will probably be Alzale. And people will probably be, how can you send down Alzale after he pitched six scoreless things? It's kind of the way, that's the way it goes. Somebody has to go down and usually, almost always, when you call up a guy for the doubleheader, he's the guy that goes back down. Especially when you use him as a starter. If the Cubs were to decide, we're going to keep Elzele for the next however long. You know and I know. He's not doing anything the next four days. He's not pitching in anything the next four days in the game. He'll do his side work, he'll do his leg work, he'll do his lifting, he'll do his all the other stuff. He'll have probably, let's see, today's uh, Wednesday, so probably on Saturday, he'll throw an inning on the side. Uh, Elzele will not be the guy that, Elzele will not be on the team on Friday. He just won't be. And it's the way things work. It's not an unwritten rule, it's a strategy. Since he got sent back down from having been the 29th man, I'm pretty sure if they do decide they want to use him as a starter, they can still do that. Normally you have to wait 10 days to call a player back up. And I don't know Elzele will be needed to be a starter in the next 10 days or anything. But to an extent, you have a pool of players and it makes sense to cycle through all of them. What do I mean by cycle through all of them? Kind of like with minor league relievers. Let's say you have, with minor leaguers, you're going to have eight different guys. And you're going to Make sure they all get standard usage. Let, let each pitcher hit, pitch a bit, about the same. It's not so much of a situation of, ooh, we're ahead in the eighth inning, so we're going to bring in... And no, it's not. that's not how they do it. They make sure that uh, Williamson gets the same amount of innings as Parker, gets the same amount of innings as Santana. They all get the same basic shot, and over the course of things, you start to realize... Oh, this guy's doing really well. Maybe we should promote him to the next level. This guy's really struggling. Maybe we should move him back down a level and bring up the guy from the lower level who's doing really well and see how he does. You give players plenty of chances at the minor league level. Why? Because it's about development. It's about development in the minor leagues. It's not about I have to absolutely try to win every game and sell out completely to do that every single day. No, you want to see what you have. As the Cubs are situated now, regardless how today plays out, you're going to have at least a four-game lead. And they'll have a day off tomorrow to resort their rotation and make sure that the guys that they want are pitching against the White Sox. Um... And that day off will be quite helpful. So they'll take the day off. They'll, whatever the order is, they'll make sure, they'll probably have their three best pitchers go over the next three days, uh, over the White Sox series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, probably 
Lester, Hendricks. I think Hendricks will be able to go. Yeah, Hendricks didn't pitch yesterday. So uh, Lester will go one of the games. Hendricks will go one of the games. Darvish probably won't because Darvish pitched yesterday. So he might go on Sunday. I don't know. But um, with the players in the minor leagues, if you send down Alzelay, that's not a knock on him even remotely. Not even remotely. It's just strategy. It's just business. It's just how things go. He's not going to be used over the next four days. Send him back down to the minors and contemplate if you're going to need someone of the available arms in AAA or correction. Boy, that's a, that's a tendency I'm going to have to unlearn and then learn next year. It's not AAA. It's the South Bend alternate training site. What you're looking at is who are the players that the Cubs could theoretically call up. The guys in South Bend, theoretically, Miguel Amaya is a catcher. Edward Elsele will go back down. Rex Brothers, Dylan Maples, Justin Steele, and Tyson Miller. I doubt Elsele or Miller will be used in relief yet because it's not... They haven't sorted through other players yet. I'll phrase it that way. For instance, if they decide, going to send Alzale down, but it would be a good thing to call up one of the relievers because let's say one of the relievers who has been being used hasn't been impressing. Whichever one that is, whoever it is, whatever. You can call up Justin Steele. See what he does. And if he does well, you keep him up for another outing. If he kind of struggles, you send him back down. And when you send him back down, maybe you call up Rex Brothers. Maybe you call up Dylan Maples. Maybe, maybe, maybe someone was listening to my podcast earlier today and they will call up Matt Dermody instead of one of the other players. And Dermody takes over that spot. That'd be kind of cool. See if he's got it. See if he's worth hanging on to. But eventually, it, the, the rotation cycles back around and they decide, if they decide they do need a starter, then in five days, they call back up Elzele. Have him pitch against whichever, whoever the Cubs play after the White Sox. I can't remember. I haven't even looked. Um, but that's, it's not essential to keep Alzale at the major league level. Send him back down. Yes, it's garbage. Yes, it's gaming the system. But what you want to have is you want to have seven or eight relievers ready in case something happens if a game goes extra innings or if you have a game where somebody gets lit up kind of badly. So maybe Jason Adam gets sent back down. And then... They call up Justin Steele, or maybe they do something else. But it's not essential to retain players at the major league level forever. The way it works is, in a game, you try to learn something. By the time Adbert Elzele checked out of the game, I'd already learned all I needed to know. Adbert Elzele 
by September in 2021, in 2022, 2023, he pitches even kind of like he did today. He's going to be worth having on the team. He's going to be worth having on the roster. So now what ends up happening is, let's imagine Elzele starts to figure it out. Tyson Miller ends up being a guy who you can call up and use periodically and he won't embarrass. Possibly a short-ish starter, perhaps a two or three inning reliever. Then maybe a little bit later, you, well, at some point, you call up Matt Dermody, see what he has. Then maybe toward the end of the year, you call up Braylon Marquez and Corey Abbott, and you see what they have. And you test them out, you give them a chance, then you send them back, because that's how it works. Get thrown into the fire, see how they respond, then send them back, let them catch their breath, and then at some point, maybe 10, 12 days later, you bring them back, or maybe it'll be a little bit after that. But you don't forget that this guy actually looked like he kind of looked good. And Abra Elzele will belong at the major league level quite soon if he keeps pitching that way. And Elzele, the guy who started for St. Louis, Oviedo, he looked pretty good too, didn't he? He, he was uh, pitching into and out of some trouble, almost wore a line drive from Schwarber off his... I don't know where that would have hit him, but it, it boy, that was scary. Um, Oviedo was signed for $1.8 million by the Cardinals. That's a pretty good gamble, wasn't it? $1.8 million looks like he's going to be pretty good for a real long time. So uh, how much do you think the Cubs spent on Eber Elzele as an international signing? Take a guess. Take a guess. I mentioned it before in my writings on the podcast, on Twitter. But get take a guess how much Cubs spent on Edward Elzele for a signing bonus. Just take a guess. Just about $10,000. That's kind of good signing, don't you think? So yeah, you get uh, Elzele doing well. Hopefully Tyson Miller figures it out. Corey Abbott. At some point, if the Cubs start to have four, five, six internal pitchers that they're going to have available long-term for... Goodness knows how long, and making the bullpen better simply by having a mass of players who are actually kind of good and inexpensive. See how that kind of works? If you have a whole bunch of internal guys who are good under long-term control and inexpensive, suddenly the, oh my goodness, the Cubs are over the spending limit, and they'll never, ever, ever get under the spending limit. Suddenly, the Cubs get under the spending limit real quick if they have a whole bunch of guys, if they have enough guys who are good and not too horribly expensive. Now, they're not going to, the Cubs aren't going to be able to keep all of Baez and Bryant and Rizzo and Schwarber and Contreras. They're not going to be able to keep all of them. Some of them are going to have to go because what they ended up doing was bringing up a whole bunch of players who were really good all pretty much at the same time. And it was absolutely wonderful for 2016. It's pretty good for 2017 and pretty good for 2018 and kind of good for 2019. But at some point, you have to start replacing. At some point, you have to start being able to replace. It's not that you're trying to push certain players out the door. What you're trying to do is develop internally players so that they can replace players who 
aren't interested in staying around. That's how it's supposed to work. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll try to post another podcast as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to make sure that one is worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs, go. And be nice to people.